Hello and welcome to part 3 of Mayday Movies, Movies That Killed Their Franchise. Today I'm looking at A Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Well, I've waited all month, if not all year, to do this turkey. So, let's get this started. I saw this in an almost empty cinema, with only 7 people in the cinema. And that included the Usher folks, oh my god. I knew this was going to tank. As this was the opening weekend, I believe it's a Thursday. What I loved was there was two Twihards sat in the front row, and after Kevin Wentz was killed, they walked out. I also had an annoying teen couple that whimpered and screamed every single time Freddy was on screen, or if he'd done something terrifying or even remotely scary, which was so fucking annoying. And also, as I walked out, I overheard them saying, and I quote, now these must be about 18 or 19, but I quote, This Freddy guy is really scary, and I hope they make more movies with him in it. I've never ever heard of this guy. Hmm, okay then. Now see, I'll let that comment slide. However, last summer, I was sat in a packed cinema watching the original Nightmare on Elm Street while wearing a Freddy jumper, which was a huge fucking mistake because it was hotter than the ninth dimension of hell in the cinema. Anyway, moving on. With ravenous Freddy fans, and on the way out, I overheard about 20 or so, quote, film students, saying that the remake was better. Also, they were surprised that this movie made a franchise. I say, thank fuck I didn't go to film school. Also, what is it with the younger generation thinking the remakes are better just because they use better CGI? Come on, really? Okay, granted, some of the effects are bad and original, and some of the acting is a bit off, but come on, for a budget of 1.8 million, this was fucking great. Now on to Robert England versus Jackie Earl Haley. I'm sorry, but Jackie has none of it. He was not imposing, he hardly laughed, and I hated his burnt cat face CGI monstrosity of a face. Now, see, I've met Robert England twice, and I've had a few things signed by him. He's a really nice guy, and still has the Freddy fire in his eye, the glint in his eye, something that Jackie never ever had. So anyway, on with the show, starring Jackie Errol Haley, Kyle Galliner, Rooney Mara, Katie Cassidy, Thomas Decker and Clancy Brown. The plot, a child killer and a rapist, and new to this movie, is stalking and killing the teens of Elm Street in their dreams. Can Nancy stop the dream stalker, or is she next for the claws? So the movie opens with a montage of kids playing hopscotch, with the cast's name written superiorly badly in child's handwriting in chalk, so badly in fact that they had to overlay the names in font, costing an alleged $50,000. So after the long ass and boring titles with no iconic piano theme, also I noticed Wes Craven had nothing to do with this turkey, so good on him, just a pity he ruined his only other successful franchise with the god-awful MTV series. It opens on the Stringwood Diner in a nod to Nightmare 4, and we are introduced to our cast, but not before the opening Nightmare with Twilight's Kellen Lutz as Dean sitting empty all-night cafe, getting ignored by the waitress. One thing, Kellen looks well told to be 17, and I just know he was hired just to bring in the Twihards. However, as I said, that backfired as the two Twihards sitting in my cinema walked out straight after Dean's death. And I'm guessing from their mutterings, 
As they walked past me, they went straight to the computer and badmouthed this movie to the other twihards. So, walking around the kitchen, after the waitress, Dean sees pighead's on fire, and this is the only source of light in this dimly lit kitchen. This is also a nod to Nightmare on Street 3 with the pigs. We also get to see our first glimpse of Freddy, and even at the time, I knew I was in trouble. And then, we meet Nancy, played by Rooney Mara, and I'm already wishing it was Heather Langenkamp, because this girl has none of it. So, Nancy clears Dean's table and notices he has a cut on his palm of his hand, which Freddy gave him in his dream. I just love how he takes one little tissue and cleans his wound. I mean, have you ever actually cut the palm of your hand? It would look like a motherfucker. Yet, this only little tissue dabs away the blood and there's no more cuts. In walks Chris, played by, dare I say it, horror movie remake icon Katie Cassidy, who is, I'm guessing, Dean's girl. Onto another table, and yet more cast. Quentin, this movie's Glenn, played by Kyle Garner, and Jesse, this movie's Rod. Although I have to say he's more Jesse from Elm Street 2, played by Thomas Decker, who stiffs Nancy on the bill, so Quentin gives her a $10 tip. So there you have it, folks. Our cast, a bunch of hits, hipster, little toe nuggets, who we're supposed to care for, but nope. They all look well to put together, and well too happy to be victims of child abuse. Back to Chris and Dean, as Dean tries to explain that his nightmares are killing him, but she tries to assure him it's only a dream, and dreams cannot harm him. But after Dean spills his coffee over Chris, she goes off to clean up, leaving Dean to fall asleep, and we get a good look at the new Freddy makeup, and I don't know if it was the rock hard quote premiere seats that I was sitting in, yeah, premiering my Aunt Fanny, Plenty of footroom, yes, but it was a rock solid seat and it was bolt upright. Yes, thank you for Odin, you've also charged me £2.50 for the extra privilege, you. Mm. But I wasn't going to get into this movie one little iota. Anyway, Dean about cuts his head off with the steak knife that Nancy left on his table, pervertising there. And controlled by Freddy, he about cuts his head clean off with the steak knife and up flashes the titles. And I almost followed out the two twihards out of the cinema. I hated this new Freddy. I hated the new face. I hated the new voice. No, just fucking no. Finally, and I do mean this, finally, after 10 minutes, we get three notes of the iconic piano theme. It's on to Dean's funeral. This time with Nancy not wearing blue. Chris sees a vision of a little blonde girl at the graveside as Freddy drags her in in a nod to New Nightmare. This wakes up Chris and she jumps awake. Again, this is another thing that annoys me with this movie. They can jump awake whenever they feel like it. Unless the movie demands they can not be out so they can get killed. Hmm, bullshit. We meet yet more cast in Clancy Brown playing Quentin's dad and Connie Britton playing Nancy's mother. Back at the gravesite, Chris finds out she went to the same kindergarten as Dean. In fact, they all did, yet she or the rest do not remember this. See, unless they're all put under hypnosis at the exact same time, this should never have happened. Again, these were abused by Freddy in the late 90s. Surely that's something you cannot forget, even at five, because I do have some very dramatic, melodramatic even, memories when I was five and six, so I'm calling bullshit straight off the bat. So later that night, at Nancy's, she falls asleep and immediately plays the Freddy coming out of the wall scene from the original, only worse. The spandex looked far better than this piss-poor CGI. 
Meanwhile, at Chrissy's house, she's looking over photo albums, remember them Fox? Asking where all the pictures of her younger self are, because at the funeral, she saw one picture of herself. Wait, see if the town covered up all this Freddy stuff and covered up the death and the murder, why do they have pictures showing young Dean and Chris together? Hmm, Plotto. Anyway, much later that night, Chris looks out the old photo which her mother said was in the garage, finding the photos in a partially burned box with other items including a creepy ass doll, she finds a slashed little girl's dress. Again, why did the mother keep this memento? Why would you keep a memento of slashed up dress from the paedophile rapist about 15 years earlier? So Freddy jumps out of the shadows and scares her, causing the annoying little teen couple behind me to scream for a full one fucking minute. Whew, honestly they were a pain in my tits. The next day at school, we see Nancy is an artist and Quentin is a quote-unquote, according to the behind-the-scenes stuff, not your, a typical teenager, not a Hollywood teen, wearing a beanie hat and a Joy Division t-shirt. This is what I call bullshit because I hardly know who Joy Division is, let alone some moody teenager in 2010. This hipster shit is utter nonsense. The movie, it does its take on Nancy falling asleep in class learning Shakespeare, as it is in the original, except this time it is Chris that falls asleep learning about the Spartan War. The only speaker saved herself up, and the entire class turning to ash. Freddy shows up to scare her, however, she wakes herself up somehow, just as Freddy is face to face with her again. I hate how this happens, and again, I hate the makeup with the CGI patches, and I hate his fucking voice in this. Moving on, driving home in her brand new Volkswagen Beetle, she finds her dog Rufus outside, which is a Naughty King Kane's dog in Nightmare Street 4. Same breed, same patches, same every fucking thing. Jeez. So, Chrissy's mother said she'll be away for the night to fly to London on a red eye, as she's an air hostess, or stewardess, or whatever the fuck the cold is. So I guess that's how she can afford this huge-ass house, and let her daughter drive an expensive car. Yeah, I'm going bullshit on that one also. So off goes her mother, leaving Chris alone in the house. To set the alarm, she goes to bed, reading about Dean's death in the paper. Much later that night, Jesse sneaks into her room, much like Len does in the original, as Chris tells him about her nightmares and Freddy. And this is where Jesse learns that the two have the same dreams. Also, the movie says one thing and one thing only, clever. Maybe if we stop, Talking about him, and thinking about him, he will just go away. Well, no shit, Sherlock. If they never knew about Freddy, and it was down to Dean's shrink to take him out of his subconscious, and if they stop thinking about him, giving him strength, Freddy can't come to kill you, as it's proven in Jason vs. Freddy. So late at night, Chris falls asleep. However, she wakes up uh, to Rufus's barking, goes out to side and sees Freddy has killed him, because he's only just petting him. She runs back into her house, but Freddy morphs it into the preschool, as we hear the iconic jump rope song, just as young Chris leads older Chris into hiding, however, Freddy finds her and she wakes up. But oh no, she isn't truly woken up, as the movie pulls the Freddy jumping out of the bed behind her, much as it did in the original, also in New Nightmare. 
and the movie pulls a Tina from Nightmare on Street 1 as Freddy drags her around the room in midair and finally slashes her with the glove, spraying her blood all over a stunned Jessie. Colouring blood, Jessie bolts out the front door, however being no rod, he runs straight to Nancy's house to spread more fear about Freddy and quickly was arrested by cops in record fucking time. So in jail, Jesse annoys the shit out of his roommate, cellmate, sorry, refusing to fall asleep. So Nancy calls Quentin, telling him about Chrissy's death. So they meet up the next morning in a local bookstore where Quentin searches for sleep deprivation on the net. And this is where we learn about micro-naps. And this is why I call more bullshit because I don't think micro-naps actually happen. There's no chance that the brain can shut itself down for a few seconds just to reboot itself. Then bring you back to a week. I think not. But I could be wrong about that one. Anyway, moving on. He falls asleep and sees a little girl in the back aisle of the bookshop, bookstore. So he goes to investigate and the rows start to mess with his vision. And I'm guessing which is a nod to Nightmare on Street 5. With the comic book guy and the Super Freddy. Getting a lame scare later. Getting another 30 seconds screen for the annoying team couple behind me. He wakes up as Nancy shows up, spreading yet more fear of Freddy. Meanwhile, in jail, Jesse gets bailed, but oh no, 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 he has fell asleep. And is in Freddy's boiler room, where they redo the Freddy driving his knives over metal, causing sparks from part one. So off Jesse runs, and this is where I get a lot from the Street 2. As the boiler room is on fire, well, the walkway is our enemy. Also, Jesse loses his macho machismo and turns into a slothful screamer. Also, one thing, why a boiler room? This Freddy is not a janitor, he is a gardener. So Jesse runs into Chrissy's dead body and others sprung all over the place. As Freddy sneaks up behind him and they replay the Please God, no, this is God from part one, where Freddy points to the glove. Except for this one, it's no, it's just me. Lame. Cowering in the shadows, Jesse sits there waiting for the death blow from Freddy, but Freddy vanishes, leaving it all alone. However, Freddy's arm and glove pushes out through his chest, much like it does in Jason vs. Freddy, killing him dead. So Freddy messes with the dead Jesse, just as his brain dies, saying to have six more minutes of fun. Back with Nancy, we finally see one of the kids popping pills as Quentin tries to get Nancy to take his ADHD pills, which he says he's been on since he was 15. I am calling bullshit that one also, because ADHD would have been diagnosed earlier, say 8 or 9, not fucking 15. She picks up a Pied Piper of Hamley book, as Quentin explains its meaning, in case the idiots in the back row didn't get it. Freddy is back to get revenge on the townsfolk that killed him by killing the teens, much as the Pied Piper did in the book. Except the Pied Piper, I don't think the Pied Piper was a child rapist, but moving on. They discuss their dreams and all the kids she sees in her dreams and the preschool. And this is where Quentin tells her about the micro-naps. Later that night, Nancy quizzes her mother as to whether or not she knew Chris, Dean or Jesse before going to high school, which of course she lies about. So, Nancy's mother phones Quentin's dad telling him she remembers about Freddy. The movie then redoes the bathtub scene from part one, Nightmare on Street part one, with the glove coming out 
of the water between Nancy's legs. And this is where I notice how cheap this new glove looks. So Nancy getting out of the bath, thinking that she is now awake. But oh no, it's snowing her bedroom, which morphs into the Batam preschool. And Freddy tells her she's his number one. Quentin calls her, waking her from her sleep, telling her Jesse is dead. So it took a full day for Jesse's death to be reported. Really? I mean, this teenager gets killed from behind and his heart gets pushed out of his body from behind and there's nobody in that cell apart from his cellmate who has no weapons and no way of pushing... The, oh, God. Moving on. Oh, God. Yeah, here we go. So knocking back his final two speed pills, as he put it, Quentin rushes over to Nancy Ash. She shows him a picture of the preschool she drew from her dreams. Again, he doesn't remember this. And this is where I was about finished with this movie in 2010. How can I not remember Freddy, even after he has showed up in her dreams, for days, if not weeks? How the fuck does this work? Oh, God, I was moving on. So the next morning, Nancy finds her mother's secret stash, which includes a picture of the teens together in their preschool photo. Again, why keep this? And this is where they finally learn the truth. It's a flashback and Freddy Krueger's backstory, which has changed from the other movies, as he is now a child molester and not a child killer, changing Freddy forever. After Nancy's mother puts her side of the story over, Quentin believes everything, and Nancy and him have a huge blowout. Later on in that day, at the gym, Quentin is in the pool. Why is he swimming if he hasn't slept in three plus days? Also, why is his school still opened after three of the students are dead within two days of each other? Hmm. Now, see, he either falls asleep or he bangs his head, but he dreams of what really happened to Fred Krueger. Meanwhile, Nancy Googles, or should I say Giga Blasts, the rest of the kids in the photo she finds, and she finds out that most of them have died mysteriously in their sleep. So back at the pool, this is where I feel sorry for Kyle Galliner. Not only did he have to wear those teeny tiny little speedos, but he had to do some outdoor shooting with them on, wearing only them and a stupid little swimming goggles. It must have been fucking freezing. So Quentin gets dragged under the water and reemerges outside a boil room. Why is there swimming pool outside a boil room? It's beyond me, moving on. And this is where he sees Freddy getting burned alive by the townsfolk torturing him. So running straight at the camera, we see Freddy burning in real time and some really piss poor CGI. Meanwhile, in the computer room, or lounge, Nancy finds another one of Freddy's victims' vlogs, a Marcus Yon, played by Aaron Yu. All he needed to do was in the Halloween remake, and he would have done the whole trinity of horror. As he talks about his nightmares and Freddy, also Freddy's secret cave. Also, his death is still on camera. Why would the website keep this up is beyond me. And this is where the movie takes a huge wrong turn in trying to say Freddy was innocent and they had no proof. Also, they couldn't find his quote-unquote secret cave. So storming out, Quentin doesn't believe Nancy. Unfortunately, she has a micro-nap. And the movie replays Tina's dead body in the body bag from Nightmare 1, except they overplay Freddy's terrible makeup over Chrissy's dead body. Rushing to an all-night pharmacy, where these things really exist, hmm, Quentin just tries and fails to get more pills. Again, Nancy has a micro-nap as Freddy attacks her first outside, then inside the pharmacy. Inside the car, 
Nancy uses the lighter to burn herself in a nod to part 3. As Quentin demands drugs from the pharmacist, who unsurprisingly doesn't give him any because he's acting like a little junkie demanding ADHD tablets or any sort of pills to keep him awake. Which has she been on the thing since he was 15? Ugh, moving on. In the store, Nancy micronaps again, so Freddy attacks her, bouncing her off the aisles and it morphs into the boiler room, then back to the aisles and back to the boiler and so on and so forth. She grabs Freddy's jumper, tearing a piece off, but instead of killing her, he slashes her in a nod to part one and in a nightmare. So Quentin drives the now badly wounded Nancy, bleeding profusely from the armpit, to the hospital to get patched up. And this is where Quentin steals adrenaline. However, instead of getting patched up, the two run out of the hospital because the nurse wants to put Nancy to sleep. So running off, they to find the preschool, both have a micro nap and crash the car in a ditch. They find the school still standing, like that wouldn't be torn down. So they go into the basement, finding Freddy's lair, which the police nor the parents could never ever find. However, they find both it and spare knives in three minutes bloody flat. Finding pictures of Nancy while she has flashbacks, Quentin tries to hide a photo from her, but she demands to see them and it's pictures of her naked as a five-year-old. Yuck. So Nancy decides to fall asleep and face off with Freddy. Squinton arms herself with a guillotine blade that just happens to be lying around. As Nancy falls asleep, however, he falls asleep too and is quickly killed by Freddy. So it's down to Nancy versus Freddy, but this time with no homemade booby traps or no father to help her. So Freddy pushes around a bit and it morphs into her house. So she hides in a cupboard and Freddy comes out with Boo. Really movie? Boo, that is the best thing what we is boo. Ugh, fuck's sake. And yes, you you know it, the teens behind me scream like a Bieber fan in fucking hysterics. Oh, for God's Running upstairs, they replay the sticky four scenes from, well, most of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, as she falls through the floor in a nod to Glenn's death in part one, as the gallons of blood, CG, however, fall down and she's morphed into a child, well not actually morphed into a child, she's in her child's dress. Again, why would Freddy find her attractive if she's a fully grown teenager, but I don't know. So Freddy plays with her. Coming to, somehow, Quentin injects Nancy with the adrenaline and she wakes up pulling into reality. The two of us square off and she cuts his head off with the blade. Both are rushed to hospital and everything seems fine. But Freddy comes out of the mirror, killing Nancy's mother in a nod to original as credits roll. So that was a Nightmare on Street remake. It just did not work. It was unscary, unoriginal, and Jackie Haley has none of the Freddy spark Robert England has in spades. They've also changed Freddy forever by making him a child molester, not a child killer. This thing has piss poor CG effects and I just didn't know a fuck about half the cast. I'm going to give this a lonely 1 out of 10. And please, for the love of, for the love of God, Platinum Dunes, Michael Bay, get the fuck away from these classic horror films. Jesus jinkies. Anyway, come back next week when I look at X-Men Apocalypse. Also come back in June when I look at the Omen franchise. So that's it. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's John's Pod.
and give me a like and a follow on SoundCloud. Bye.